Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Oh, you know, it's going pretty good. I'm trying to get my caffeine on. I'm out of Nicorette, though, although I got these this spray here. <laughs> Remember when you sprayed it in your Icy. eye? People oh, should yeah. go back and find that Easter oh, egg. Oh, my God. Ah, yeah, it's an Easter egg, all right. Um, so today we wanted to talk about, you got a question from someone about the nature of rights. Um, yeah. And, and it'll be read a it out. conversation. Yeah, you can go ahead and read it out and uh, people can hear the sort of basis of the question. Yeah, I got this uh, kind of, I was busy and usually like I respond to most uh, most inquiries people send me on Facebook if they have a question, I'm ha- more than happy to explain it. Uh, you know, I looked at it and I'm like, oh man, I don't have time to explain this to the guy right now. I'll leave it. I've, I've just kind of been putting it off and then I'm like, why don't we just address this on the podcast? This is probably a question a lot of people have. So I'll read you what he wrote to me. Uh, he says, hey Tim, um, I've been following you for a while. We uh, we've met once in Saskatoon. I have a question in regard to libertarian philosophy that I'm wondering if you could answer. I'm a conservative by philosophy, not by the current political party. Uh, when trying to understand where our individual rights come from, the basis of individual rights is the foundation of Western civilization and supposedly what we adhere to in this country. The current view of individual rights, from my understanding, comes from the outgrowth of the religious reformation and the understanding that human life has value because we're made in the image of God. Now, understanding that many on the libertarian side are atheists or do not have a clear view of uh, their own religious ideas, from a libertarian perspective, what is the basis of human rights? Where does a moral society come from? i.e. if an individual is the ultimate authority figure on their own life, what makes murder wrong? Um, and so I thought that that was a great question, um, and and it was asked very respectfully and in good faith, and so uh, I thought we'd spend the episode talking about that. And um, David is comes from the objectivist perspective. I did too. Um, there's a few ways to get to individual rights, so maybe, David, why don't you take it away from an objectivist perspective how can we get to individual rights without god well so um i don't think there's a few ways to get to individual rights i think there's only one uh, one way i also want to highlight i think you know i'm i'm fascinated by the idea of conservative philosophically and like a libertarian philosophy because i think both of those schools have many like they're not specific worldviews they have many different things that um encompass them right um, but yeah, there for a long time, I think, or many people make the argument that uh, basically the soul comes from God and the soul is what makes man man. And so that is the basis for rights. Right. Uh, so the question of where do rights come from? They come from the nature of man as such. And they come from the fact that we have a certain mind, a certain type of consciousness. And so if people think that came from God, then, you know, they think oh, well, that's why we have rights, is from God. Um, So that's not what I think, and that's not, uh, you know, what objectivism holds. Um, What what Ayn Rand put forward is basically that, you know, she she developed what was basically implicit in 
the founding of the American uh, of, of the U.S., right, in the in the founding documents um, that, you know, man has a right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness and property. And like, why why does he have those rights? Why why is it right, right for him to have those things? And so I want to start by just uh, quoting. Actually, I pulled up. This is from Atlas Shrugged. Um, and it basically so rights are a moral concept in in Ayn Rand's view, in objectivism's view, right? So it is good for man to live with other men in a manner that is appropriate to man's life, to the good, to man's fulfillment and his life as an individual. He needs certain protections. And so it says in Galt's speech, rights are conditions of existence required by man's nature for his proper survival. If man is to live on earth, it is right for him to use his mind. It is right to act on his own free judgment. It is right to work for his values and to keep the product of his work. If life on earth is his purpose, he has, to, he has a right to live as a rational being. Nature forbids him the irrational. And so it's basically the nature of rights is that there, like, there is a certain nature. I have something I am as a man. And, you know, we can figure out what that is, right? And then in order for me to live as that, I need certain conditions. In order for me to live as a rational being, I need to be able to think and come to my own free judgment. I need to be able to act on my own judgment in the world. The same way an animal, if, if an animal was locked in a cage and couldn't do anything, right, that is not allowing it to live by its nature, and so for me to live by my nature, I need to be able to have, um, uh, be able to live my life, pursue my own happiness, to have my own property, right? And so that's sort of, I mean, I'm not a political expert and I'm sure objectivists will be uh, rolling their eyes at my attempt to explain it. But like, that's basically how I understand it is Rights come from the nature of man as like the type of being that we are. And so if we are to live fully and live properly and live a good life, we need certain conditions. Rights are what ensure those conditions. And so that's why they're the basis of the American system is that, you know, it's not governed by men. It's governed by laws, laws to protect these things that are man by right, by his nature as a man that no one else can you know infringe upon. So that's sort of my understanding of the view. Um, yeah, and, and my understanding is that is the basis of, you know, it was, I don't know, what, John Locke and then the American Founding Fathers and then sort of uh, clarified or, or expounded upon by Ayn Rand. Sure. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I think that was a pretty good uh, encapsulation of, of the objectivist view. Um, so I'll, I'll approach this from... A little bit of a different view. Like I'll just tell you my story first of all. I was a Christian for a long time, and it was after I realized that a lot of the stories I'd been told by my, let's say, faith community um, were pretty far fetched and not true, and that it was more likely that they made up stories and that they made up God than God made them up, or something like that. And uh, so I and and I was harmed by these views. Like I, they, they were not good for my life in a lot of ways. There were some aspects that were and some that weren't. And, and I realized 
having been taken for a ride, I guess. I, the, the only reason I believed what I believed was because of what my family and my culture put in my head. I never arrived at these beliefs through any rational means on my own or through, through any uh, exploration of reason and evidence. Um, they were put there. And so I adopted a very skeptical attitudinal disposition of skepticism, I guess you could say, where I need to examine claims that people are making about the nature of reality through a rational lens if I'm going to examine them. And so that, so that started with, I guess, losing my faith in God. But then it also came to government. Well, where does government get the right to use force from? Where, where is it? Why is it that this person can take money from me and call it taxation, but I can't take money from that person and call it taxation? Uh, what, what, where, what, why the dis disconnect there? How does that work? And so um, for me, libertarianism is kind of an attitudinal disposition of skepticism towards extraordinary claims, uh, and specifically moral claims about what some people can do and some people can't do. And so where does government get the right? Well, I don't see any evidence where it has any rights outside of what rights I might have. That's so because a right... Uh, the definition of right is something that is universal, right? It, it's a universal obligation or entitlement or something like that. So if it's universal, it has to be true for all people at all times. Well, again, where does the government get these supposed rights from? So I kind of approach it from a, an aspect of, although I don't use this language often, but I would say that there probably isn't any such thing as rights per se. They're not like these things that you can have or something like that but you certainly don't have the right to murder so so for example he asks here if the individual is the ultimate authority figure on their own life what makes murder wrong well it's it's right there in this in the question isn't it i'm the ultimate authority figure on my own life i'm not the ultimate authority figure on someone else's life they're the ultimate authority figure on their life if we're going to have anything called rights uh it, they have to be universal across the board so we can have a right called i'm the universal authority figure in my life uh i own myself um without infringing on anyone else's rights but we i can't murder without infringing on somebody else's rights right I, they like we we can't um both have the right to murder uh you know because we can't call that a right i mean it's not universal um so so that's the first thing. So we get there from libertarians get there from the idea that you own yourself. You're the ultimate owner of yourself. And, and we can demonstrate this biologically. My brain controls my body. I'm in control of it, or at least in possession of it. And certainly even stronger than that claim is, is claim that no one else has the right to control my body. So no one else has the moral authority to control my body. You can't make that claim. So, whether I have a right to own myself or not, you certainly don't have the right to control me. Even if I can't make the case that I own myself, I, I, you, you have even further to go to make the case that you own me somehow or that you control me. Um, so anything that we call moral has to be supported by universal rules or principles, and they have to apply to everyone at all times. And if they don't, then we can't call them we can't call it morality. We can't call it ethics. We can't call it rights. Um, so that that principle of universality has to be undergirding anything, everything. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll add a little bit of this. You know, I've become much more sympathetic to uh, Christianity over the years, 
Um, and, you know, I think that, that uh, this guy makes a, a good point in that we started to see the, the creation of the enlightenment principles of self-ownership, self-evident rights, and that sort of thing after the Reformation, after, uh, you know, Christianity went through this Reformation where salvation was located in the individual, right? It was your, you know, the line between good and evil was on your own heart. You could choose heaven, you could choose hell. That's located in the individual. It's no longer the church. That's the ultimate authority over you. Um, so that it be that idea that, um, the, that the individual is sacrosanct, um, I think probably emerged from Christianity and then, then, you know, secular philosophers, um, found better, I would, David and I would say found better reasons to support it that don't, um, require the positing of a supernatural entity or something like that. But, um, you know, I, I think that sometimes the supernatural story precedes the rational one. Um, so. so I definitely disagree with that last bit. Um, and I, I think I disagree with some other pieces as well. Like the one thing we agree on is rights. Um, rights are based upon like a moral. They're based upon morality. Right. So we have to understand what is morality, what is moral. And then those are what gives rise to rights in a society. Because we like, how do we ensure basically what is the basis of ensuring morality as people start to engage with one another? But I don't think like I would disagree with the sort of, uh, oh, if, even if I can't prove I have the right to my life, I can prove like you don't have the right to my life or something like that. I don't I think that's looking at it sort of backward. And with respect to the I don't know anything about the Christian re reaffirmation or whatever. Reformation. Reformation. Um, but at least, you know, secondhand through uh, what I've read in Ayn Rand, the claim is that, no, the whole Enlightenment, uh, Renaissance and, and basis of individual rights that all started not to have anything to do with Christianity. Christianity started to falter as Thomas Aquinas rediscovered Aristotle and it was Aristotle's secular philosophy of logic and reason that right. was what brought us eventually the United States and individual rights. And it was totally had nothing to do with Christianity. Christianity had a thousand years of darkness and it was the rediscovery of Aristotle that Aquinas tried to reconcile Aristotle and Christianity. And he thought he had, but like, the even the small amount of light he gave to Aristotle broke through the darkness and gave us the Enlightenment and and the Renaissance and then the American Revolution right. and so that's that's uh, I mean I don't oh, I go. don't know no, about no. this I mean I, I think that I think you could be right because you know the story I continually hear is well I, and look I picked this up from Jordan Peterson is that okay you had this uh, Reformation. You had uh, things in, in Christianity move from kind of a centralized top-down church control to salvation is located in the individual, the divinity of the individual. And then we move, uh, once that becomes a widespread meme and culture, then we have Magna Carta, right? We have the idea of individual rights enshrined in Magna Carta. But apparently Peterson didn't go back far enough. If what you're saying is correct and Ayn Rand is saying is correct, then it was Aquinas's adoption of the secular ethic from Aristotle of logic reason uh, that was applied to Christianity that actually reformed Christianity, not anything embedded in Christianity itself or any supernatural belief itself that, that yeah, and so it. And if, that makes a lot of sense to me. So Yeah, and if this person's interested or other people are interested, I definitely, like, I've not spent time looking into it, but that's the, that's the claim. Um, 
And I think, yeah, it's important to though. Well, and, and let me go, let me go back though, because here's what I would, will hear our audience challenge you on. Uh, those that are, are religious will say, well, you talk about morality, David, but where do those morals come from? They got to come from somewhere. Um, where do they come from? And I, I think that's the whole point of this argument is, okay, well, what, what constitutes what's moral and good? And, you know, right. and the best, the best I can offer you as a libertarian is to say, what you what you clearly what's clearly immoral to do okay and and violating individual rights is clearly immoral to do initiating force against a person or their property is clearly immoral because i own myself you own yourself and i cannot cross that line and claim to be moral that has to be but, by definition immoral okay but um, that's the but, sort of, like you have to have a claim of what is moral before you can say something is not that thing right like immoral, to claim something Maybe. is immoral, you have to have a basis as to why, right? Right. You okay. Well, let, you let me put it just this assert way. a it, negative. There right, has but to be the, the, there, there are certain, uh, and, and Hoppe made this. And here's an, here's another avenue you can take this if you're listening to this. Google Hoppe, H O P P E argumentation ethics, and he basically says, look, whenever you engage in political debate with someone. Uh, whether it's about rights or whatever, you are implicit in your argument, in the form of your argument, is that uh, you, you are rejecting initiatory violence because you're, you're trying to peacefully uh, debate with someone and persuade someone right there. So just the act of doing it is rejecting the initiation of force. Um, you're asserting that you own yourself because you can't make an argument without, uh, like taking responsibility and owning that argument. Like no one else is making that argument, you're making it. So in any sense of the word own, you own that argument. So you're, you're demonstrating self-ownership and you're demonstrating that um, initiatory violence um, are not preferable behavior and they can't be universally preferable. And so you can't make, and, and Molyneux takes this even further in his book, Universally Preferable Behavior, a secular proof, a rational proof of secular ethics. Uh, he takes it even further and, and lays it out in fairly concise form why it is that, um, you know, you can't, um, if you're trying to argue against individual rights, it's a self-detonating proposition. Like you're defeating yourself just by the form of your argument. Um, but, by trying but to organize. I mean, there are people who would happily give up their individual rights and just like be one of the people ushered and owned by someone else. Uh, I think like, there are people who would decide that. But um, so Ayn Rand has a has an idea like like reason and force are opposites. So like what you put forward is, you know, by engaging in a debate, you are implicitly saying like, oh, I won't use force in this moment. Right. That's not how she formulated at all. But like there is this view that like your mind stops where a gun begins. If someone is trying to force you to do something, you can no longer use your mind, right? They're yeah. putting your mind against your life, but they're one thing, right? And so you're like, but in terms of where morality comes from, like Ayn Rand puts forward that she is the first person to actually figure out the, the correct secular morality. Because if philosophy is a science, if morality is a science, there is an answer, there's not like, you know, five potential answers. And so the, you know, someone should, if they want to know the, the, the root of rights and, and the proper morality, they should look up Molyneux and Hoppe and Rand and figure out 
you know, in their view, which which of the basis uh, they think is correct. You know, what Ayn Rand puts forward in in particular, she has an article that's really interesting called The Objectivist Ethics. She also has an article called Man's Rights. But in The Objectivist Ethics, like she starts with metaethics, which is like, why do we even have the concept of ethics? Why do we even have the concept of morality? Why is this even a thing at all? And the whole idea is that like man is a being of a certain type, right? And so there, and she literally goes from like, uh, from plant to animal to man, right? That these things act, plants and animals act automatically in the preservation of their own life. Like a plant cannot choose to act it for its own destruction and if a plant is in a situation where it is not suited for survival it will die there's no optionality about it but because of our mind because of our rational faculty we are able to in difficult situations come up with alternatives but also turn our minds against ourselves and act for our own destruction like those are possible because of the nature of our mind. And so the why we have morality is to help humans understand how to preserve their own life and preserve their own life for a foot. And she wouldn't separate life from like a state of joyful living. Right. You don't. There's a, a story I've heard of like, you know, the, a really healthy fox and like a half dead, decrepit fox. And in some sense, you'd only say one is really living. Right. The other one is dying. Right. And so the nature of morality is to help us as humans understand how to live properly. Right. We we pursue certain things as the good because they help us live, which then help us pursue the good further, which is the same as an animal. It eats so it can live so it can eat so it can live. But for a human and for our a human consciousness, it's much more complex than that. And so morality is, by our nature as a rational being, it's very complex for us to know what is actually the good for us to live a perfect, you know, happy, fulfilled life. Um, and right. because of that, we need a code of morality to help us understand how to do that. And then, you know, if you have an agreement on what that is and how to do that, then you understand, okay, well, the one thing that can really, really impede that is if others try and force you to not act in your judgment of your best interest, right? And so that's why there's the non-initiation of force principle. There's, um, you know, the idea of man's rights. And it's sort of those are the buffer between morality and politics, because it's like, okay, how do we prevent others who might choose to try and prevent you from pursuing the good? So it's yeah, something I mean, I, yeah, it's it's difficult. Like I, I could never I hear what you're saying, that there ought to be some sense of what's moral, right, of, of what's good before you can have a sense of what's immoral. Um, but, you know, I've, I've never found, you know, a, a clear manual as uh, what I ought to do in, a, in any secular ethics book, let's say any objectivism doesn't have a clear path forward for me like what i have all these choices available to me clearly i'm always going to choose the one that maximizes my health and flourishing the most well no that's so that should be so that's the thing is when you say clearly there are people who don't do that right and so if you right. do 
like in, in objectivism, gotcha. okay, okay. right? And so for you and I, and for many people, and many people I know who are pretty grounded, rational people, they think, oh, like it does, like what is even this question? Clearly I'm right. going to pursue what seems to be rational to me. Yeah. But there's many people who do not do that and who would subordinate their own judgment to what the priest tells them is good. And right, they, right. there are many people who do not obviously pursue what they think will make their life best. Sure. And so morality is to help you do that. And like there are, you know, Christian morality and other moralities say, you know, sacrifice yourself for others, you know, take up their yeah. sins. Like that is the good, right? Right. And yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. So, um, and, and that all comes back to this idea that the, the morality is that which elevates my health and flourishing in a way that d does not diminish others, let's say. Um, well, the the not diminishing others would be then that sort of the line of entering politics, right? So morality right. itself is just about how do you live the best life possible? And then we're saying, okay, but you are not allowed to infringe upon anyone's anyone else's ability to do that. Right. But like right. Ayn Rand but, puts but, forward, but like you would it. need you would need morality on a desert island if you're the only person sure. alive. You don't need politics. Right. So yeah. as soon as you have more people, that's when, OK, well, how do 10 people all pursue their best interest uh, without infringing on like if there's a conflict, how do we reconcile that conflict? And then we draw a clear line of, OK, yeah. sort of what you'd call the self-ownership. Right. Yeah. And, and the. The whole thing about this comes stems from the fact, like the reason why health and flourishing, uh, making the choice that leads to the most health and flourishing, is like a high moral ideal, is because it it promotes my life, right? And if I and value life. living, it's prepositioned on the idea that if I value living, then that's what I ought to do. Now, on the other hand, if I don't value life at all, if I don't value living, you could say, well. Why don't I just kill myself and be done with it? Why, and that's where we get into nihilism and self-destruction and stuff like that, right? And so, um, you know, again, th this comes back to argumentation ethics as well, is that, look, you're not killing yourself. You're not uh, uh, dis destroying yourself. So you're, you're, you agree just by nature of being <laughs> here having a conversation with me on a number of things. One, that life is important because you haven't gone off and starved yourself to death or killed yourself. Two, that uh, reason and evidence are important because you're trying to make an argument here. Uh, three, that you shouldn't initiate violence uh, because you're not pointing a gun to my head and controlling me here. You're trying to persuade me and attract me to your position. Um, and four, that you own yourself because you're taking responsibility and ownership over the words that are coming out of your mouth. They're, those are your words. Uh, you own them. And um, so, you know, yeah, the, 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 there's, like I said, a number of ways to conceptualize this. And um, I guess we close off with saying, look, if you want to understand more on, let's say, uh, how, how we get to individual rights without uh, having to concoct a, a religious entity or something like that. Uh, you can read Ayn Rand. You can read Stefan Molyneux's uh, um, Universally Preferable Behavior, a case, uh, a, a rational case for secular ethics. You can read uh, up on Hoppe's Argumentation Ethics. You can read um, any of Rothbard's works, because usually there's a primer at the beginning on, on that. And, and it, all of these are fairly similar. You'll, you'll notice a fairly similar themes in each of them of 
there has there has to be universe for anything to be called moral it has to be universally applicable and so as soon as you say that universally applicable for sure we can take murder rape theft um assault fraud all those crimes off the table as being something moral they clearly can't be moral because it can't be universally applicable and then what we would get into arguments on maybe is what how we ought to live what positive things should we do for our own lives going forward and um and, and you know there's maybe some room for debate there but i think all of these philosophers would agree and have very clear and robust ways that are all very similar of refuting why those crimes of initiating violence and violating property are immoral yeah and, and you know in particular there's man's rights by ayn rand and the objectivist ethics by ayn rand and i'd encourage people to read from multiple of these sources right and it's it's important to kind of know which one they think is correct though the one the last thing i'll add the in the question you know it's like if rights don't come from god where do they come from but the question of god is a much more fundamental question about like the nature of reality the nature of the human soul Right. So the arguments that what I mentioned earlier is the arguments that say rights come from God. That's because they the same people who will say that will say that the soul comes from God, that God created the world. Right. So it's if you believe that at all, if you think there's a God, if you think that he created this stuff, then sure, he gave us rights, too. Right. It's all part and parcel. Um, sure. But so it's important to sort of reject God first and then move forward, because, you know, if God's in the equation, he can do anything. That's the whole kind of gimmick, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you start to get into some some tricky quagmires depending on how you view God, right? Like, you know, Tom Woods actually had a great episode. I mean, he's a, he's a devout Catholic and uh, a hardcore libertarian. And, you know, he, he makes a good case for God from the Thomas Aquinas first mover argument, right? Which I always which I never really let's, let's end the here. We're going to, we're going to go down a whole other okay, line. Okay. Well, it's been a long episode. I won't go that far, but what I was going to say is, you know, but, but you add in all the stuff that typical Western Christians are taught, like, you know, the, the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Then how do you, as a libertarian or a freedom lover deal with the, I think it's a, a passage in Romans that says um, that you grant uh, unto the kingly authority his authority or something like that. Like, you basically have to respect the government because God put that government there. And I've, I've heard pastors make this prayer numerous times at, at political events about how God put this politician there, it was his divine will, and that, yeah. you know, it's our job to obey that politician. Well, I, I mean, I think it's great. I, at the same time, I see that, and I know Christians have a way of dealing with that, but, it, you know, they, it's it's... It's very messy and confusing and not logical, and you have some churches obeying lockdowns and others disobeying lockdowns and saying that's a God thing. So very difficult to get to capital T truth through Christianity or, or any kind of religion. Yeah. Uh, it's much better to stick with logic, reason, and evidence, I think. And if people are interested in uh, Ayn Rand's morality, we did a series of episodes on, on the seven virtues and, and the three cardinal values, so they should check that out if they like us and they want to know more. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks.